0: All these investigations into the FBI and they're just too afraid to say it. The FBI co-conspirators in a coup, in a plot to take down the duly elected United States government, the United States president. It's right there in all these reports and they won't say it. What are they afraid of J. Edgar Hoover? What is the deal? The swamp there? Well, there are things to be afraid of. Actually, good people have good reason to be afraid of the FBI. The FBI actually should be. Really concerned about the people and how they failed them. More on that in a moment. But quick, the real big mistakes, all right? Just a handful. Number one, the phony investigation launched on the Trump campaign. They spied on the Trump campaign. They attempted to sabotage two presidential elections, and maybe one of those wasn't attempted, actually successful. And they attempted to sabotage a presidency, all right? It is... Right there. Anybody can read it. Nobody wants to read the Mueller report or the Durham report. It's too, I don't know. They were kind of polite about it, but it happened. What did the FBI own up to in the end after all of this stuff? You know what they said? Yes, we made some missteps, missteps. You had had people in the FBI, the general counsel of the FBI openly said, viva la resistance, equating uh, Donald Trump to Nazis, and the FBI to anti-Nazi fighters. It's crazy, but it reminds me of something Thomas Jefferson said. We were so lucky to have him, really. You know, school kids today, all they really learn about him is he had slaves. Yeah, he did, but he also had an amazing brain, and he was a good, good person, and he cared about this country, and he warned us about the FBI. Check out this. When government fears the people, there is liberty. When the people fear of the government, there is tyranny and right now I mean the FBI they have no regard for the people all right this horrible horrible mistake in the FBI no corrective action all right just those missteps just a few missteps we know is much more severe and we know their practices their evil practices go beyond a presidential campaign did you see those whistleblowers and Capitol Hill today they were amazing from left to right special agent Garrett O'Boyle uh, in the middle there, FBI Special Agent Stephen Friend and Intelligence Specialist Marcus Allen in the front row. Amazing heroes. And look, we needed to have it officially in the congressional record that those school board meetings, right? Those people, sure, they're fired up. Why not? Uh, the, the school board, the schools are feeding children pornography. They have a right to speak out, don't they? Well, you know, the FBI is writing down license plates, numbers of those who drive to the school board meeting. And thank goodness we heard from Special Agent Garrett O'Boyle on this.
1: A neighbor or, or somehow someone knew a parent that they believed was extreme. And so they called the FBI and reported that parent to the FBI. When citizens in this country get to a point where they can call the most powerful law enforcement agency in the world on their neighbor, just because they disagree with them, that is chilling to the First Amendment rights of the people who are getting the FBI called on them.
0: Yeah, the government in fear of the people—that it should not be this way. We all know it, and we need patriots like this to say it out loud and get it in the congressional record, and for things to start happening to correct this this out of control bureaucracy. It's taking over. January 6th, you know the party line. You know the official line, basically, of corporate America. Everybody, January 6th, was the worst thing that happened to this country since the War of 1812. It was an insurrection. It was this. It was that. It was none of those things, actually. None of those things. Yes, bad things happened. And Marcus Allen, intelligence specialist, takes care of that part.
2: I was not in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Played no part in the events of January 6th and I condemn all criminal activity that occurred.
0: All right, so do I, by the way. But now this.
2: It appears that I was retaliated against because I forwarded information to my superiors and others that questioned the official narrative of the events of January 6th. As a result, I was accused of promoting conspiratorial views and unreliable information. Because I did this, the FBI questioned my allegiance to the United States.
0: I'm questioning the same thing. I'm questioning the narrative. Does the FBI have concerns about my allegiance to the greatest country in the world, right? Better not. I would not be surprised if my name, maybe even your name, is in some file there and they've taken a look at this show once or twice. Why? Because we point out things like this. Number one, the little cop aggressively waving people onto Capitol Hill. Number two, the officers just standing there as everyone came right on in. Why weren't they stopped? Number three, why did those three police officers walk away just before Ashley Babbitt was killed? Why would they walk away like that? Why would they walk off their post and allow Ashley Babbitt to be murdered? And more recently, we found out that the Horns guy was escorted around Capitol, the Capitol building by Capitol Police. Talking about this, apparently got Tucker Carlson fired, potentially. Wow. Um, We have this Stephen Friend. Special Agent Stephen Friend said, you know what? For people who did not break anything on Capitol Hill, who did not hurt anybody, who might be guilty of a misdemeanor offense, we should not be sending in SWAT teams to get those guys. And that's what the FBI has been doing. FBI SWAT teams going against people who didn't hurt anybody, who didn't break anything. And what has this done coming out for the the whistleblowers, telling these stories? Check it out.
2: It has been more than a year since the FBI took my paycheck from me, and we're getting financially crushed. My family and I have been surviving on early withdrawals from our retirement accounts while the FBI has ignored my request for approval to obtain outside employment during the review of my security clearance. We have lost our federal health insurance coverage. and There's apparently no end in sight.
0: I believe these guys, by the way, totally. And even the Democrats, you know what they really quibbled about? Technically, according to regulations, you might not be whistleblowers because you didn't fill out this form. You didn't get this approval. Whistleblower status, Right but they really didn't quarrel with what they were actually talking about. Here's Garrett O'Boyle, what he went through, and look at this bureaucratic trickery they pulled on him.
1: In weaponized fashion, the FBI allowed me to accept orders to a new position halfway across the country. They allowed us to sell my family's home. They ordered me to report to the new unit when our youngest daughter was two weeks old. Then, on my first day on the new assignment, they suspended me, rendering my family homeless. They refused to release our goods, including our clothes, for weeks. All I wanted to do was serve my country by stopping bad guys and protecting the innocent. To my chagrin, bad guys have begun running parts of the government, making it difficult to continue to serve this nation and protect the innocent.
0: And protect the innocent. Bad guys running the government, a lot of them are, actually. And that government, not accountable to us. You've heard of the deep state. It's a real thing. Watch this Democrat pretend it's something else.
3: Do you believe that January
0: 6th was uh, instigated by the deep state?
2: Uh, define the deep state, sir.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I sure don't either. Oh, oh, good. All right. Great question. Because it, it is a phrase frequently used by the former president of the United States. So it's, it's out there. I don't know what it means either. I think it's kind of made up like a boogeyman. <laughs> well, you want an example of the deep state? Dr. Fauci. Unelected, unaccountable, been there for decades, Right. And who gave him the power to shut down the country? Who gave him that kind of power? It's ludicrous. That is not democracy. The deep state is a real thing, everybody, all right? We have millions and millions of people working for the federal government who are not accountable to the people. Look at how many elected officers we have, 535 members of Congress, uh, two, uh, one elected president, one elected vice president, how many people work for the government unelected and there for decades? 9.1 million employees. If you take the military out of that, that's 7.8 million employees. Are they accountable to us? Some are great, I'm sure. Others, they think they know better. <laughs> They're accountable to no one. The leaders, they come and go. Look at the Department of Justice. Take a look at this. They have 116,000 employees, just a handful A handful, compared to that number, are politically appointed. Over at the State Department, seventy-seven thousand About 1,000 are actual political appointees. The rest are career civil servants. No regard for the country. They think they know better. But you know who actually benefits as our presidents come and go? Our adversaries. President Xi. You know how many presidents he's seen come and go? Yeah, three so far. How about Putin? Hmm? Now, all of this kind of turnover... You know who it it strengthens is, well, the deep state. These unelected bureaucrats who uh, love power, love the job security, I guess. And that brings me to Christopher Wray. You know, somebody somewhere said that the FBI director should have a 10-year term. This man, unfortunately, was not fired by President Trump. Um, He gave him the job, recommended by Chris Christie. He should at least be impeached for... I don't know, perjury? This is what he said when he was trying to get the job. The Bureau has never grown complacent and continues to work tirelessly every day to protect all Americans. I think the role of this committee is special with respect to the FBI, and I would do everything I could to ensure that we're being appropriately responsive and prompt uh, in dealing with, with all the members of the Senate, but obviously especially this committee. I would... Uh, do everything in my power to try to ensure that the FBI is being not just as responsive as possible, but as prompt as possible in responding to appropriate oversight requests, absolutely. My experience in trying to find solutions is that it's more productive for people to work together than to be pointing fingers blaming each other. Uh, And that's the approach I've tried to take to almost every problem I've tackled, and that's the approach I would want to take here in working with this committee. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Well, as you know, they hid the Hunter Biden laptop. They are hiding the documents about the Biden investigation uh, back when he was vice president. Evidence that he may have been accepting bribes. No, 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 no. That's uh, you can't have any of that. No, no, no. And how about (laughs) don't bother him on a Friday afternoon? He was testifying before Congress and it happened to be a Friday. This is last summer. This guy had to go on vacation and quick, but he didn't actually quite say that. Check it out.
4: Is there any reason we couldn't uh, accommodate them for 21 minutes, or whatever Democrats want second rounds to? Yeah, Senator, I, I uh, had had a
0: flight that I'm supposed to be hightailing it to out of here, um, and I had understood that we were going to be done at 1:30. So that was that's how we ended up where we are. Okay, it's 1:30 on a weekday afternoon in the summer. What's going on? What he he actually told Grassley he's got some sort of business to attend to. Check this out.
4: We don't know what's out of the Well I I'm going to be there. So I hope you hope you'll be able to see you. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you. And there he goes. And he hightailed it out of there to an FBI jet to go on vacation. He went up to the Adirondacks, where he's been going ever since he was a little kid. Yeah. Flight log show the top man in the FBI may have set a hard deadline for the grilling session with senators last week to hop a flight on a private FBI jet to land at the Adirondack Regional Airport for a long weekend power. That's what they love. That's what they're in it for. The jet, the SUVs, the big office, the people accountability? Not so much. And that brings me back to the heroes. These guys, as you know, (laughs) they're coming out with real concerns about this Democrat administration and how the FBI is managed under Democrats and actually apart from Democrats as well. Are they being celebrated? No. Are they on the cover of Time magazine? No. You have to be coming out for Trump, against Trump, if you want to get on the cover of Time magazine. Remember Vinmin? Remember that Pudgy little guy who uh, the cubicle dweller who was listening in on that phone call and was appalled by what he heard. Total setup, by the way. How was he treated? How was this whistleblower treated? You heard of the other guys, right? Transferring them, shutting them down, denying them their security clearance. They're not getting paid. What happened to this guy? Joining me now is retired Army Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. His new book is called Here. Right Matters, an American story.
2: It comes out tomorrow. Colonel Vindman, it is an honor to have you here. Thank you for being with us. Alexander Vindman is an American hero. The courage he displayed was is is extraordinary. We
4: have this career military professional trying to do the right thing. I think we should all stand and give Colonel Vindman a, a, a show of how much we supported him. Stand up and clap for Vindman. Get your get up there. Who we are. That's <laughs>
0: We are coup plotters, huh? This is scary. I actually never saw that. Did you? I don't remember him telling everybody to stand up for Vindman. Uh, this is a coup, I do believe. And by the way, not only was Vindman taken care of, Mrs. Vindman was taken care of.
5: Joining me now is Rachel Vindman. Her husband, Alex Vindman, testified during Trump's first impeachment trial. Uh, she is also the host of a new podcast called The Suburban Women Problem, which debuts today. Rachel, it is great to see you again. Thank you for coming on.
0: Ooh, isn't that fun, 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 right? Very cozy, very swampy, very corrupt. And our heroes, what is going to happen to them? In the end, I think they're going to be great. I think they're going to be great because you know what? God sees everything. I'll be right back. Paul Ryan, the former Speaker of the House. What do we think of Paul Ryan? I personally am not a fan, actually. Number one, he tried to undermine Trump, trip up his agenda. And you can quite frankly see it. He had very little regard. I think a lot of it was jealousy because Donald Trump won the presidency his first time out. Paul Ryan was slugging out in politics ever since college, but whatever. He also lost the debate to Joe Biden, all right? I mean, how can you lose a debate to Joe Biden? He has been in politics for a very long time. Let's see. It's been about three years or so since he left the speakership, maybe four. He's only 53 now. He's got like 30 years of earning time left. And he's been in that game since the age of 22. Now, here's what really I find kind of wild, and I think you will too. A portrait for Speaker Ryan unveiled this week on Capitol Hill. Um, I'm sorry, but he's a member of Congress, was a member of Congress, not in the House of Lords, okay? This is a little bit much. In fact, all of this stuff is a bit much. The perks, the... But even the portraits, guess what? This is not the first portrait of him on Capitol Hill. In 2021, he got a portrait unveiled, some painter commissioned. Why? Because he was the chairman of some of the House Ways and Means Committee chairman. I guess they get a portrait as well, and they have a ceremony and all that stuff. And then when he was, what committee was this? Let's see. Chair of the, do we know? Do we have one? Uh, portrait, budget committee. You get a it's kind of ridiculous, right? And they treat them like they are princes, like they are kings. Have you ever seen the office suite of these guys? I mean, number one, they have five offices. I mean, it, it does look like kind of a royal setting, kind of like what we were supposed to have left behind in the United Kingdom, right? You think this is a big lair? Check out Miss McConnell's situation.
2: I spend most of my time here. Um, Like all senators, I have another office uh, in the Russell building. Uh, We have three Senate offices. But I have, as a result of being leader, I have sort of two offices and two sets of staff. The the staff here uh, deals with all of the senators. You see
0: how these guys could lose touch real quick with real people? We counted it. Oh, by the way, I think he's got about five fireplaces in that arrangement as well. Um, This is this is the swamp. All the perks, right? They just love this stuff. Are they really there for us? Back to Paul Ryan, uh, his first day as speaker, his priorities, decorating the place. Take a look. Paul Ryan seems to be embracing his new job if all not right, the office space his ready? predecessor left behind. Sir, you get to redecorate the place, all right? So talk to me about some it of It doesn't pers- smell like smoke, does it? Well, I was going to yeah, ask sir. you about yeah. that. There was a, a rumor that there was an overwhelming tobacco-type yeah. smell in yeah, here. Yeah, two packs a day for five years can do that. What'd you do to get rid of it? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> New carpeting, had to redo the upholstery, and they had to repaint the walls. I, I couldn't get the smell out of here. We'll get some Febreze. Why Why does he get to paint the office? That's our money. That's our stuff. And this silly portrait? Are you guys kidding me? I mean, he left that job. When did he leave the job? 2020, 2021, something like that, right? Four years ago. And uh, he gets invited back. Do you ever get invited back to your job three years after you leave? No, it doesn't work that way for the rest of us. So he's out there making big, big money. Corporate boards, making speeches, showing up at a place called Teneo. I think we deserve a cut of all that money he's making because we own this stuff. Look at his Twitter account. His Twitter account says Paul Ryan, and what is he? Office of the 54th Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. Like he takes the not only the the, the, the title, uh, the perks with him, but that's ours. We gave, we loaned it to him. I don't like it. I don't think you do either. All right. Going on to Anheuser-Busch, you know, they make Budweiser. And we all know how everybody feels about Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, The whole thing is ridiculous. It's atrocious. But what about this? Anheuser-Busch, why would they embrace something like this, the beer company? They have a larger agenda. Now, this is the presidential debate. We remember Biden versus Trump, right? Trump nailed it. Biden was uh, protected by Chris Wallace. You remember. Take a look at that bird in the middle, right? Right. I was so naive. I thought that this was like the symbol of America, right? No, it's not. You know what it's a symbol of? The beer company, Anheuser-Busch. Absolutely. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis. And you know why? Because they sponsor the Presidential Debate Commission. There's actually a thing, and they've been sponsoring it for years, and they get their logo on our presidential debate stage. There's something fundamentally wrong with that, right? I... What can we do? I mean, what can you do? I don't know. But those debates are totally corrupt, and they need to be reformed. I'll be right back.
4: Hey, guys, it's Carson. I've been talking about how crazy the world is with uh, supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices. We've all seen how crazy this woke nonsense is going on with these big corporations, and it's time to let our voices be heard. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? How can our voices be heard? We vote with our dollars. That's how we make a difference. No more shopping big box stores if you can get those items at a family-owned company. PatriotSwitch.com helps people walk away from the big box conglomerates. We can shop factory direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. That's why Patriot Switch was created with regular folks like you and me in mind. I love what the folks at Patriot Switch are doing for us. One of the best ways to get around this One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation today is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than the shareholders and their corporate executives. Each of us can choose to take market shares away from these big companies that have enjoyed unfair advantages and instead choose to help regular people with family-owned made in America. Make a difference right now. Go to PatriotSwitch.com. That's PatriotSwitch.com. The deep state, oh, man, they are deep and
0: getting deeper and wider and bigger and as anti-Trump as ever before. And they show no signs of slowing down. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, you know how many people work at the State Department? Let's take a look. 77,000-plus uh, employees. And most of them are not political appointees. They're just career politicians. And it seems like they work for themselves. I'd like to bring in Rick Grinnell. He's a veteran of the State Department. He also was acting director of national intelligence under Donald Trump. And a future who knows what if President Trump becomes president again. (laughs) Rick, welcome back. Um, How are you? And um, how would you take over? How would you push back? You know, they're going to try to get you again. (laughs) If you get in, they're going to try it again.
3: Look, um, le- first of all, thanks for having me. It's always great to be here. I love the show. Um, I, you know, let's wait and see. I'm going to work really hard to see uh, what what President Trump um, asks me to do, uh, if anything. It's clearly on this campaign. I, I speak to him regularly, so I'm all in on the campaign, doing everything I can, helping in every possible way, giving advice like I always do, sometimes unsolicited, but uh, always giving advice. Um, look, I think that the president's got the perfect message. President Trump is the outsider. He's comfortable being the outsider. He doesn't like Washington. Washington doesn't like him. And I think the rest of America understands that. And they see this cesspool of corruption with the media. You know, I just watched, Greg, the, the Turkish elections, the first round, and so many people were upset because the Erdogan-controlled media said this or that. and. Uh, I thought, you know, it's really no different than what we have the Biden controlled, the Democrat controlled media in Washington, D.C. We, we can't be telling other countries not to uh, do certain things in elections anymore. Mm-hmm. We've lost the moral authority. Look at Anthony Blinken, who manipulated the 2020 election. And so uh, I think people outside of Washington see the corruption and the sad state of affairs that we're in. And Donald Trump. Wants to make a difference. He wants to clean it up. And they absolutely don't want him back. They're going to do everything, make up everything that they can about him and do everything they can to keep him away because they know when he comes
0: back, he's like the bull in the china shop for that corrupt place. And I, I'm a little bit worried about that. I mean, because they are, look, I'm all in with Trump. I've made that quite clear. But they are, look at what they, well, look at what the Durham report came up with. Okay. I mean, they launched a phony investigation on the Trump campaign. Uh, they spied on the Trump campaign. This has all been established. They attempted to sabotage basically two elections and uh, attempted to sabotage a presidency. And here's the thing that actually worries me. They weren't caught. There's been no real accountability. They just did it. And they're like, now nah, we made some missteps. I mean, you, they're not paying a price yeah. for this stuff.
3: Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right, and it's very concerning. I mean, you see the the FBI statement of like, oh, mistakes were made, but we've cleaned it up, and yet the same guy is is still there that kind of watched all this corruption unfold. Um, I I think that the reality is is that Washington D.C. lives in this bubble, and they protect each other. And the only way is to bring an outsider in with a lot of power, and that is the president of the United States needs to be an outsider, which is why they absolutely don't want him coming back. But the people have a strong voice and the people are seeing exactly, you know, they they told us for four or five years, just get his taxes, Greg, just get his taxes. Once you saw his taxes, Mm -hmm. then everything would be done. And that story went away after they got his taxes in about four hours because everything was fine. And so he is the most scrutinized person that we've ever had in politics, and they still don't have him. Let's remember that. They've thrown everything against it, against him. And so the people have a voice, and, and I think that uh, we've learned a lot of lessons over the last couple of years on the Republican side, and I think things are gonna be different in 2024 when this election comes around. We've learned how to uh, use their rules against them and I already see it on our side. Uh, people are battening down the hatches and
0: ready for a fight. And I think uh, we're going to win this time. You know, it's interesting. The allegations against him are actually getting smaller and smaller. First, they said he was a Russian spy, right? And now it's a, it's a bookkeeping uh, situation from uh, seven years ago. It's, it's kind of wild. Hey, the Letters from Trump came out, uh, which is a really fun coffee table book. All these letters. And you're in there. You wrote President Trump uh, a beautiful note, and he put your picture in it. He had kind words. Um, Tell us about what you told the president. We were having a hard time reading that, but a handwritten note. Do you do that for everybody or just Donald Trump? You know, I still write in cursive. I
3: like to write handwritten notes. Um, I take my time and think about the moment, and I wrote, uh, if you look at my letter, it's dated December 31st. Uh, New Year's Eve, when we're always thinking about the future, a lot of people make, you know, New Year's resolutions. And what I wanted to do was twofold. One, thank the president for his fight, knowing that uh, he's been through a lot, his family's been through a lot. I wanted to thank him for that and let him know that there were millions of Americans that thanked him, but also to encourage him, knowing that he was gearing up for the next fight, to say, We need you. Uh, you are the person that will absolutely lead us. God's got your hand got his has his hand on you and I, I firmly believe that he is the man for the right time. So I wrote him a nice note on on New Year's Eve and lo and behold it made it in with uh well, you know Princess Di and Oprah and a whole <laughs> bunch of other people. This little boy from Michigan uh, is going up against, you know, these these celebrities in the book. So I absolutely uh, love I was it. pretty honored.
0: Hey, one other thing, uh, Democrats. And you know Democrats. You, I mean, I, I, I actually don't know many. A lot of friends who are Democrats. I, Most of my friends are Democrats. Haven't you lost some friends over this? Seriously, haven't some people said, no, 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 they, because they believe the hype. They watch the fake news and they think our guy is a monster. Have you lost any friends? Yeah, sure. I've, I've lost a lot of friends, um,
3: people who are really thin skinned. Uh, but, you know, Life is about, um, you know, creating your own uh, way forward. And I I firmly believe that if I lost any friends, it's only because they weren't supposed to be my friends anyway. I have a lot of friends. I can't keep up with the ones I have. So when there's a natural paring down
0: from somebody else, it's a blessing. All right. Well, very beautiful. Last thing. You've got some contacts in the big tech world. I'm a little bit worried about big tech as well. Elon Musk is a great guy. He's on our side. He's on the side of free speech, but he's one guy, a powerful guy. I feel like we need more safeguards to make sure that we aren't censored or canceled. And that worries me as well. You're out on the West Coast a lot. Any reason to be hopeful?
3: Yeah, sure. We've got David Sachs. We've got Peter Thiel. We've got a whole bunch of other people taking a red pill. Um, I think Elon Musk has been a godsend um, because he's really empowered a lot of people. I see independents constantly in California saying, "Wow, uh, you know, if Elon Musk can do this, I can think differently." And people are thinking differently and and listening to the other side. That's the other thing is we we have a whole generation of kids who run out of the room when they hear something that uh, they don't agree with, and so we've got to be able to sit and listen and then respond and not uh, melt down completely. And and I think that uh, we've got a lot of high-tech people interested in in artificial intelligence or uh, predictive analytics, a whole bunch of issues that um, I I think we're going to be okay. But there's no question that we all got to fight. You got to save your generation. So if you're watching us, think of ways that you can participate. It's not, you know,
0: you can't just rely on somebody else to do something you got to do something. I love it. I love it. Rick Grinnell, we so appreciate it. Thank you very much. Our best to the president, and we'll be right back.
5: It's not acceptable that she's still here and that she can post all that stuff on the Internet and, and that it's okay.
0: All these students are mad. At our next guest, they actually walked out of class to protest, protest Mrs. Sullivan. Miss Sullivan doesn't seem right at all. Well, she wrote an op-ed, uh, the Cadran Sullivan. She's been there for 15 years. She's an English teacher. And she said, yes, your children are being indoctrinated. And we know this is happening in schools all over the place. It looks like she's in the fight of her career here, trying to keep her job. Cadran uh, Sullivan, great op-ed. We're going to read a chunk in a moment. Welcome. How you doing? How you holding up?
5: Great. I'm doing okay. You know, I'm um, I'm kind of beyond the name calling now. It really doesn't faze me that much anymore. I mean, it's 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 sad, but I believe that they're misrepresenting my arguments, which I feel are fairly straightforward.
0: You know what? That's the silver lining here. When the name calling doesn't bother you, it's kind there's a kind of a freedom to it. Right. I mean, you really no kidding. When you see bad words about you on the Internet or whatever, it doesn't bother you now.
5: No, you know, I really, you know, I I don't want to lose my job. And I mean, so far I have not. But uh, at this point, it's bigger than my job. I really do believe that it's bigger than my job. I just feel it's so important that uh, parents and um, taxpayers understand what's really happening.
0: Well, we're going to go through. We had to cut it down a little bit, so I'll read it, if you don't mind. Just a chunk of what you wrote. Yes, your children are being indoctrinated. Uh, Let's see here. Parents and taxpayers need to know what's going on in the Shawnee Mission School District. We are being manipulated and intimidated by a divisive, woke ideology that is creating a culture of contempt and disrespect. Um, SMSD is fostering a toxic environment and requiring employees to attend DEI training and workshops centered around critical race theory, there is repeated white shaming and a preoccupation with white people as the oppressor, including staff field trips with a focus on systemic racism. Uh, Fortunately, I have not been subjected to this. I know people who have, and we know what's going on all over the place. Give me an example of the white shaming.
5: Um, Basically, uh, we're instructed, if you're born white, you are just a permanent uh, oppressor. And if you're born a person of color, then you're just a permanent victim. And uh, what we learn in our DEI meetings is, you know, drives our lessons in the classroom. And, you know, we have had Black Lives Matter in the classroom for some of our PD um, uh, professional development uh, classes. We've had social justice in the classroom, mostly pushing how to be an activist for leftist uh, ideological, you know, um, fighting, you know. So it's it's just pushing a divisive Um, curriculum onto us as teachers and then encouraging us to take this back into our classrooms and it's just not right.
0: Shawnee Mission North High School is just in a suburb of Kansas City. I don't see that as the wokest place in the world at all. Uh, Who's pushing this? I mean is it coming from and is there are you the only resistor?
5: There are I have received so much support from across the district from teachers who are thanking me for speaking up and um parents for thanking me for speaking up students have come to me thanking me i'm really getting a lot of support from all around the uh state and our district Um, there are teachers in the building who uh think the same way that i do but it's just it's a relentless you you will be called names the mob will come after you and uh you'll you know it's just um it's it's really just a toxic um contemptuous feeling in the building for someone who doesn't go along with their um tenets of the the core dei curriculum that we use
0: we showed a student who was saying not nice things about you and we saw the signs it wasn't like hundreds of students it looked like a couple of dozen maybe i mean the student body are they or a dozen what are the students like what are they treating you like you heard the sound bite but you know by and large are they harassing you uh, what's going on
5: um, you know, I've just been in my room working. I just this is not phasing me. I'm going into my classroom and I'm teaching like I always do, which is to, uh, you know, in the sense of argument that we are, you know, uh, I, I tell all of my students, you're entitled to have your own opinion. Um, but if you're going to argue it, you, you need to have evidence to support your opinion. And at some point, you're going to have to address the opposition because not everybody agrees with you. Um, And you're going to have to uh, debate that and talk about it. And and a lot of times they don't want to do that. So um, I really haven't heard too much. Uh, It's been, I mean, people are just scared. They don't even really want to talk about it. So I just have been kind of going up. You know, yeah. along with my day, just as I normally would.
0: Can I ask you this? Um, are students like because all of this other stuff that is being forced on them, they don't have enough time, I think I would imagine, for traditional English, for traditional math, because they have to learn all this other stuff and how to be a social activist. Is their performance declining because of all this stuff?
5: Yes. One of the three um, concerns that I have, number three, actually, is that we return our schools to uh, education. We need to return to academics and get away from um, the ideology and the, the 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 promoting the the divisiveness. And uh, mm-hmm. I just want to get back to actual, you know, English. And you know, I'm trained to teach English. I'm not a psychologist. I, you know, I just want to come in here and do my job.
0: Kadrian, real quick, we got to go. Is there anything we can do
5: to help you? I think more people need to stand up to this. We cannot be afraid. We need to set a new mood in this country where people are not going to be bullied from having their own opinions. And we sh- we have a right to have our own opinion, and we should be able to stand up to it and and uh, debate that on the merits, um, you know, in-, in-, in with freedom of thought.
0: Cajun Sullivan, you are a hero. Keep it up. It's really uh, easy for me to say you're in the middle of it. Uh, so impressed. And uh, thank you very much. You're an inspiration. Thank you
5: so much for having me.
0: You bet. You bet. All right. Huh? Huh? We're not going to let you down. I'll be right back.
4: Hey, guys, it's Carson. Under President Joe Biden's volatile economy, we are at the cusp of an economic meltdown. The recent Silicon Valley bank failure sparked a deadly domino effect, and now nearly 200 banks across the country are teetering at the edge of collapse. Nobody's money is safe. Many depositors aren't insured by the FDIC and may lose access to their money completely. Wealthy Americans are withdrawing their cash fast and turning it to gold. The United States hasn't seen a potential chain of bank failures this catastrophic since the last Great Recession. It's time to protect your money today before your retirement disappears. Call Monetary Gold to receive their free protection guide at 800-586-9591. Learn how Americans are shielding their wealth from the bank collapses by diversifying in gold. Call now because tomorrow may be too late. Call Monetary Gold at 800-586-9591. That's 800-586-9591. All right,
0: Joe Biden in Japan for the G7 meeting, and he took his granddaughter. You see the woman in the pinstripes, the blonde? That is Maisie Biden. She's 22, Hunter Biden's daughter, and she was with her granddad in Japan. Navy does not get to go, all right? So Navy is another grandchild doesn't get to go with their father to Japan or anywhere else, actually totally unacknowledged by Joe Biden. That is a total scandal. He's got seven grandkids, only talks about six. It's wrong. Elon Musk. Everyone's talking about this interview still because he pauses in the middle of it, but they're missing. They're missing the whole thing. They think it's a gap. It's not. He's thinking and his answer to this question is great. And there's something else that no one has actually mentioned that I want to show you. But anyway, here's the question. Listen to his answer, please.
3: Do your tweets hurt the company? Are there Tesla owners who say, I don't agree with his political position because, and I know it because he shares so much of it. Or are there advertisers on Twitter that Linda
5: Yaccarina will come
3: and say, you got to stop, man. Or, you know, I can't get these ads because of
2: some of the things you tweet. You know, I'm reminded of... uh
4: there's the a scene in The Princess Bride Great movie Great movie um, Where he confronts the person Who killed his father And he says guy,
2: Offer me money Offer me power I don't care See so you just don't care
4: You want to share what you have to say? I'll say what I want to say. And if, 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 uh, if the consequence of that is losing money, so be it.
0: That's cool. It is cool. But he's incredibly rich. And if he loses money, it's no big deal. I guess what I regret is, do you have to be the richest man uh, or one of them to say whatever you want on Twitter? Kind of. Kind of. What do they call it? What do they call it? F you money, screw you money, right? Have you heard the phrase? He's got that. Uh, But we should all have that ability, don't you think? Princess Bride, is that the movie he said? I've actually never seen it, but here's the scene he's talking about.
3: Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die!
4: now. Offer me money. Yes. Power to promise me that. All that I have and more. Please offer me everything I ask for. Anything you want.
2: I want my father back, you son
0: of a... <laughs> Is that a comedy? I still don't think... I'm not going to watch that movie based on that. But uh, anyway, Elon Musk, that's cool. Still, he's cool. <laughs> Anyway, what else? Um, oh, did you see when Barack Obama went to the the hood to talk to the guys about um, stuff? <laughs> it was on CBS this morning the other day, and uh, it was incredibly superficial. And for a guy who's supposed to be a great speaker, he's pretty good at using a lot of words to say not much.
4: What was most powerful about it was seeing these young men really looking out for each other, Getting more of that, yeah, in our communities is also going to make a difference, and and that's what we're demonstrating through uh, these model communities of, of My Brother's Keeper. It's, it's a matter of, of want to on the part of uh, the broader society.
0: The broader society, okay. Hey, John Fetterman, Senator John Fetterman, who dresses like this? Period. Um, it's disrespectful, and I'm sorry. This is this is sad. He's not ready for this job. This is the whole reason
3: why the 14th Amendment exists. We need to be prepared to be using it. Again, remember, say that again. We must be prepared in order to use it. and We cannot let reckless Republicans hold the economy as a hostage. And an unelected Supreme Court justice will try to blow up our economy.
4: That's on them if they have to judge on that. So, thank you.
0: It's really embarrassing, kind of sad, very awkward for those two senators. Oh, boy, wouldn't Dr. Oz have been great in that job. Thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow.